0: Toastmasters, whoopie Toastmasters, listeners and friends. You're most welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers here on irishtalkers.com. You know we love to hear from you. It's so easy. All you have to do is to leave a message on our Facebook page or drop us an email to info at irishtalkers.com. Our Facebook page, of course, being the Talk Show for Talkers. You can also listen to our archive for the past eight years and count on our website, irishtalkers.com. My name is Moira O'Brien, and once again, I'm joined by the jolly... Yeah, we had jolly, uh, let's think now, jousting a uh, gentle... Now, there's a word for you, James Finnegan. James, you're most welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Moira.
0: We're also joined by our interview guest from last week the incoming Programme Quality Director for District 71 Danny Banks Danny you are most welcome to the Talk Chef Talkers again thank you very much Maya it's very good to be back <laughs> so what do we have in store for you this week well we're going to start off with a little look back at the District 71 conference because we're coming at it or we came at it from three different angles so we thought we'd pick over the bones of that James is going to give us a Word of the Week and he will also be talking to us on a subject which is intimately connected with that Word of the Week. So I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is now so you'll have to wait and see when James introduces his word. Let's start off having a look at the conference. The District 71 conference, as you probably know, or I hope you know, took place at the end of May and I think was a considerable success given that it was the very first hybrid conference that the district had undertaken and therefore there was a lot of learning that had to take place on both sides of the event, that is on the in-person side of the event as well as the online side I was entirely online. My duties were as Zoom master for various events. So I didn't have the privilege of being in the room and seeing all the issues that maybe the technical people on the ground had. And also I was looking on the, the general conference, that is the workshops as well as the contests from a purely online point of view even though some of those contestants were actually giving their speeches from the room itself so I did enjoy it but of course I was enjoying it through the medium of Zoom James you were on the floor as it were I hope not too literally (laughs) I know conferences can be enjoyable places with uh, a certain amount of alcohol
1: well, Moira, I was on the floor, but I was running around backstage, and I was had no alcohol anyway throughout the whole weekend, but it was a wonderful experience to actually finally meet the people whom I have been working with these past number of years and to discover that they have legs and that they <laughs> walk around and and that, to me, was the most enjoyable aspect of conference, was meeting people again. As, as the theme of the conference was come together, that's exactly what we did. Uh, but you're quite right. I mean, there were challenges there, being the first hybrid. And I must uh, say that we were blessed with not only with the attitude of the hotel staff, but also the AV partners we had and a little bit of in-house expertise from the likes of Michael and Gillian, and most of all, most especially, Elizabeth Jordan. It was front and centre at all the programme meetings, at all the programme sessions. Like all things, we're not exactly sure what was going on in the room, other than fleeting glances. But, if you were to ask me my honest opinion, I would say it was an outstanding success.
0: I would agree with you from my point of view, certainly. There was learning to be had. You know, there were a few mistakes being made at both ends. But generally speaking, I think the experience of the online participants was OK, except that they miss out on a lot of the things that you were talking about, James. The the meeting and greeting and chatting with people that you get when you attend the conference in person. Networking is one of the key things that one gains from conference. And the tech team has taken that very much on board. If we have a a hybrid conference in future, there will be much more interaction with the online attendees. There won't be these blank screens for 15 or 20 minutes whilst a, a new setup is being made. There will be things for people both online and on site if they want to go online to entertain them so that's one thing that we have learned Danny what was your experience of the conference
2: very similar to what James was saying it was so good to actually meet people that I've only ever met online and see them as people rather than just uh, the image that you get online I think that creates the atmosphere an atmosphere which was very positive positive. The in the room where we held the contests you know people were able to chat and, and meet up and that's not something you can get from an online meeting um, you know you can't hold conversations across different people so that was mm-hmm. excellent. Yes there were problems and there were errors and there were mistakes but as you say it was the first hybrid that the district has ever done and there were going to be problems but I think overall it was really successful. You know, a lot of people put a lot of work into it. Yeah, we got there in the end and it was a great experience.
0: Now, Danny, it will be your responsibility, I guess, next year to be helping or to take a a district viewpoint, let's say, over the next year's conference. What learnings do you think you have had from this year's conference that you will need to apply to next year's?
2: I think the key thing is that this year during the planning stage for the conference, there were a lot of issues and things happened. And I think the earlier you can start, the better. And also for me, it's important to get people in who know what they're talking about because the technological aspects of, of how it all links up, you need people who know what they're doing and, and, so that, for me, is key to have people there who have run conferences before, who have were involved with the hybrid element before, know about the technology and what's required. So for me, it is the planning, planning as early as possible and getting people in there who know what they're doing and were hopefully involved last time so they can learn the technical, the, the basic problems that went wrong and do something about them. So I think that's going to be key for next year.
0: Do we have any indication yet of where the conference is going to be? I believe it's going to be in Ireland. Is that correct? It's going to be in Port Leash. And has any decision been made yet as to whether it's going to be a hybrid or a, a just a solely in-person conference? No, we are waiting on... Um, what Toastmasters International
2: decide to recommend. And once we get that, then we'll make the decision. Please don't take this as, as as the truth, but my impression is that it will probably be hybrid again. But I don't know that. That's just the way things okay. seem to be at the moment. We need to wait until the Toastmasters International have made their decision. It will be in August.
0: My Before feeling go ahead Yeah, my feeling is that uh, if we because we have two countries separated by the IRC, that if we don't have hybrid, we will probably have less people coming to the conference. It's expensive mm. to go to a conference these days. I know we used to have maybe upwards it of is. 200 people attending the on-site conferences. But it was a struggle. I went to three or four conferences in a row and then I just found that it was really just too expensive to travel to the other country. Obviously, I will be going to the ones that are held in Ireland because that's not going to cost me nearly so much. And of course, having a hybrid conference is actually a lot more expensive than if you're doing it only in person. And that does make it difficult. I know that one of the issues that I think we had this year with the Liverpool conference was the fact that because the, the limited numbers of people coming to the on-site meeting meant that we could not justify having larger rooms. And that meant we had less rooms, uh, for example, to compare to what we had in our cork conference in 2018 where we had a very large room we had three or four smaller rooms and we had a a technical room where we could actually get away from all the noise and bustle you know we had we could expand but there was enough money coming in to enable us to expand because people were obviously paying the full price maybe we have to charge a little bit more in future for the online people to make sure that uh, we do have enough money coming in to make it more Mm. of an on-site experience yes
2: Uh, i mean cost is very important obviously and we are looking to see how we can keep costs down for people to to go there because you know money is tight at the moment and and possibly if it is hybrid maybe we need to look at the, the charging of hybrid but at the moment, we're in a situation where we don't know what's going to happen because, as I say, we need, we we're waiting for Toastmasters International to give us a steer on what we're going to do. Also now people are much more used to being online. Most people, I think, would prefer to be face-to-face. But I think people are accepting that online is here to stay. And so we need to think about that as well and, and how we deal with that. You know, there are a lot more online clubs now. How do they fit into all the mix? So there's a quite a few things we need to think about before. Uh, I mean, we've got the hotel, we've got the place, and we just need to to find out now whether it's going to be hybrid, whether it's just, going, it just has to be face-to-face, and then make some decisions around that. But we are trying, we are looking at the costs and, and seeing where we can, not spend so much money
1: but still provide a quality conference. Unfortunately in order to do an AV hybrid conference you have to invest heavily in the in the machinery of producing mm. quality video as well as part of the requirements for competition finals. They are not cheap and that was the outstanding cost I would imagine for the conference this year and that will be replicated all around the world. You know, we're not unique in that respect of having Mm. to spend so much on quality AV, but you can't skimp on it. Elizabeth, I know, went to a number of conferences around the world where they had done AV purely in-house and it showed.
0: Mm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, you're
2: right. It is that balance between, you know, trying to make sure that costs don't run out of control and making sure it's a quality experience for people. I think we've learned a lot of lessons this year, and we've still got some people on board who were involved with the technology and presentation in Liverpool. So we've got that expertise that we can take to Port Leash.
0: Yep. OK, I think we've done that subject to death for now. I'm certainly going to look forward to next year's conference a lot more than I did this year. Uh, I was quite nervous about this year to be honest even though technically I didn't have a huge amount to do because the, the, the clever stuff was all being done on site but this year, or next year should I say the clever stuff will be being done in Ireland so maybe I will have a uh, more hands on let's move on it's uh, time to test our knowledge of words James, what is our word of the week? it's a noun
1: and it's a beautiful word. It just sounds lovely. The word is serendipity. It means the occurrence and development of events by chance in a happy or beneficial way. In other words, a fortunate happenstance. And it brought to mind again, going back to conference, this wonderful opportunity it was to meet people, to chat to people, to use the, the modern word is networking. Of what we used to call just having conversation. It was invented by Horace Walpole back in 1754. Horace was a writer, an art historian, a man of letters, and a politician. In fact, his father was Robert Walpole, the first Prime Minister of Great Britain, and he also holds the record for the longest term of office, 20 years. Now, Horace, bless his heart, sat down and wrote The Three Princes of Serendip, which is a fairy tale where the heroes were always making discoveries totally by accident of things they weren't even looking for. So the word of this week is serendipity, a fortunate happenstance Would that we would all enjoy a serendipitous moment in this coming week.
0: That's very interesting. I believe that you want to talk to us a little bit more on the subject of serendipity. Would you like to take it away? Let
1: me take you back to late at night in the Jersey City Railroad Station in 1864, where Robert Todd Lincoln, the president's son, was in a crowd of people trying to buy tickets for a berth in the sleeping car. Robert was a student at Harvard Law School at the time, and he was jostled against the side of the railroad car. And when the train began to move, he was pulled off his feet and over a crevasse that would drop him onto the tracks. Suddenly, someone in the crowd grabbed him by the collar and pulled him to safety. When Robert composed himself, he turned to thank the man who had saved it, and he saw that it was Edwin Booth. Edwin Booth was a well-known celebrity, the greatest American Shakespearean actor of his time. He came from a family of actors. He was the son of a famed English-born actor, Marcus Junius Booth. And his two brothers, Junius and John Wilkes Booth, were also noted actors of their time. He came from a family of actors. And in 1864, Edwin, Julius and John performed together in Julius Caesar in a benefit performance to raise funds to erect a statue of Shakespeare in Central Park. It was the only time in their careers that the three brothers performed together, and that statue is still standing. When John Wilkes Booth assassinated President Lincoln, Edwin, a staunch unionist, was devastated. For the rest of his life, he would be shadowed by his brother's crime, but he could always take comfort from the fact that he had once saved the life of the assassinated president's son. Edwin Booth is regarded as one of the finest American actors ever. In fact, the definitive American Hamlet. But sadly, his fame as an actor was eclipsed by the infamy of his assassin brother. Edwin Booth died on this day in eighteen ninety-three, but wasn't it an act of purest serendipity that as he fell towards the tracks, he was saved by the by the brother of the man who assassinated
0: his father? That is a I was gonna say a fascinating story. It's a really strange story, isn't it? A coincidence. 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 Not a coincidence, Moira. Serendipity. Okay, I was trying to link the two words together, serendipity and coincidence. There is a strong connection. I think that brings us to a close for this week's show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Danny, for staying with us to record this second show. And from myself, Moira O'Brien, from Danny and James... Goodbye, and we'll see you next week, hopefully with another interview. See you then. Bye for now. Bye.